Good morning, good morning. This is Apostle Shirley Evans. Another day with you, people of God. Today is October 31st, 2020. The time is 9.59 a.m. And today is Saturday. Let me get it right. Today is Saturday. The last day in October, October 31st, 2020. The time is, it was, it's now 10 a.m. It went from what I said a minute ago, now it's 10 a.m. this morning. We just bless them, we just bless them. I love to say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray that today you're in good health you're in your sound mind you're still holding that joy inside of you the peace of god that passes all understanding is residing in your heart and your mind i pray that his grace and mercy is still with you and he always have the grace always have the mercy you must receive it you must believe him and I just thank God and I'm rejoicing every day because the goodness of the Lord, when we look around, we see the goodness of the Lord. We need to rejoice and we need to give him thanks and we need to give him praise. All glory and all praise belong to him. So we praise you this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And so for a few days, I was talking about the trees and the seed and the glory and all of that. And I shared with you the seed, the papaya seed, of course, it's papaya and, and it's papaw. It's the same thing. And I, I showed you how all those was is still on my tree. And finally, yesterday, the first one was ready. And um, you never know what's inside of it. So I'm like, Lord, I hope there's no worms inside of this papaya. Anyway, I peeled it. I cut it open. It was perfect with nice seeds inside of it. And the taste was, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It had a sweetness, like it tasted like, um, how can I put it? It, you, you, it tasted like pineapple. It had a taste of a sweet orange and it had the taste of the papaya. It was, the flavor was just, oh, it was just, and it's very good for you. And I thought of, I usually take the first fruit and give it away. But yesterday, I looked at that and I was like, I'm not going to give this away. I'm going to eat it. And so I ate it. Very nourishing. And so why not? try planting one of the seeds that you're holding 
and watch it grow and watch it produce. And you could say, like I say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The glory came out of that seed. And right now, as, as I counted, it's about 30 on the tree. Could you imagine? I never thought. So therefore, it's a revelation to me that it's harvest time. It's harvest is restoration time of all things. So instead of doubling, it's tripling. I, I mean, that's what it looks like to me. Everything. God is now suddenly going to restore us. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they didn't lack. Oh, of course, some of them murmured and complained. But don't let's murmur, don't let's complain. Let's say, Lord, help us not to murmur and complain. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Thou art worthy, great Jehovah. Thou art worthy, mighty God. You are worthy. Our Father, you are worthy, Lamb of God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us our peace. Grant us thy peace. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from above, over and around us lies. Christ our God, to thee we raise this our hymn, 
of grateful praise for the wonder of each hour of the day and of the night hill and vale and tree and flower sun and moon and stars of light christ our god to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise for the joy of human love brother sister parent child friends on earth and friends above for all gentle thoughts and mild christ our god to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise for thy church that evermore lifted holy hands above offering up on every shore a pure sacrifice of love christ our god to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise blessed be the name of the lord thank you for being able to speak and thank you for our voice help us not to take anything for granted help us to continue offer up a hymn of grateful praise and it seems as though there's some people who are going to receive this are really 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 uh burdened with need and i just need to speak some stuff some words scriptures into your hearing to encourage you he is he's not forgotten you so every need he will supply every need he will supply the bible says in hebrews 10 and 35 it says cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward don't cast away your confidence you have to be confident that god speaks and he says he will supply your need if you're hanging if you're hanging if you're hanging out there because we all hanging out there sometimes we, we we are low we go in low like depression so if you're hanging out there on a low limb could you imagine you climbed the tree but you ended up on the limb and you figure that oh my god i'm too heavy for this limb it's gonna break it's gonna i'm gonna fall and i'm gonna be hurt so if you feel like you're on a low limb don't forget the one who made the trees look up the lord is waiting to give you a hand to remove you off that of that limb and he's waiting to give you a new heart so father i ask you to touch the ones who are struggling just now and give them strength in the name of jesus the joy of the lord is your strength the word says in mark chapter 5 verse 36 as soon as jesus heard the word that was spoken 
he said under the rule of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. So I say to you today, be not afraid for what you see around you. Only believe that he has his hand and he will supply your need. And, and, and he says, fear not. So right now, if you invite Christ to take over your crisis, immediately you will have all the power of heaven to back you up. After the crisis, don't forget, don't forget to give him thanks. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 says, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Don't forget, it's your Father in heaven who is doing it. How simple, how scriptural. Let's try it. Just believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Just think of a need. Try it. Just think of a need. That must be met. I want you to try it. Whatever it may be. I will agree with you that it will be met now in the name of Jesus. I just said something. I, I hope you catch it. I said, let's believe. Think of a need that must be met. Whatever it may be, I will agree with you that it will be met now in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God. Because he says, if any two of you agree. So don't ever feel that the Lord is unaware of your burden. He knows our frames. He knows the capacity of the Lord that we can carry. And he is standing by to shoulder it with you. The word of God says, my help cometh from the Lord. The Lord executed righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. That's Psalm 103 verse 6. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to 10, it says, And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. As long as there are men with needs, there will be a God of miracles to meet them. I am the Lord thy God, he says. The Lord is speaking, letting us know he is the Lord, our God. I change not. He's saying he changed not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So I say to you to encourage you that he's alive and you call unto him and he will answer you. He says in John 16, 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask in the name of Jesus and watch God. Don't think you can ever draw or overdraw the account. Like, you know, some people just overdraw their account. And go back to the bank and think where's and it's like no your account is overdrawn 
But don't think you can ever overdraw the account of your Heavenly Father. He will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. He wanted me to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is encouraging you that he will meet your need. Call unto him. Ask him. In the name of Jesus, when you do it. He promised never to leave you, nor forsake you. And of course, we are still talking about releasing the glory out of us. At the same time, there is a price to pay. There is a price to pay. Where glory is concerned, don't expect an easy road. Don't expect an easy road. Not at all. Jesus' road to the cross was not easy, but it was right. His full glory lay at the end of it. If he want our glory to come out, we've got to get ready for a rough time. And saints of God, good time is coming, but rough times are coming. And um, if I didn't tell you the truth, I would be a liar. So good times are coming and rough times are coming for those who God has chosen in ministry. But at the same time, the good times are going to outweigh the rough times because he would have given us grace to endure. Exposing our glory means going public. Oh, yes. When you go public, you're really going to be persecuted. Exposing our glory means going public. We have to be willing to step out on a limb. What I just said, he'll, 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 he'll take your hand and hold it. Okay? And he won't let you fall off that limb. We have to be willing to step out on a limb. Knowing all the time that there will be plenty of people Plenty of people watching us on that limb and said, oh yeah, that's it. Can I say that again? We have to be willing to step out on a limb, knowing all the time that there will be plenty of people waiting to cut it off behind us. They're being used by the enemy. Paul wrote to Timothy, his son, in fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be, not maybe, will be persecuted. It may mean that you will be beaten up or thrown in prison. With people attacking you when you're up, with people attacking you when you're up, kicking you when you're down, and generally messing with your life. If you bear it with dignity and grace, because he gives you grace, always looking to God for your support, the day will come when all of a sudden 
people will start saying, I really respect her. I really respect him. Remember when they looked at Jesus, they would look at him whom they had passed and they really respected him then. If you bear it with dignity and grace, always looking to God for your support, the day will come when all of a sudden people will start saying, I really respect you. You've done well. What they're trying to say is that they are seeing the glory coming out of you, out of your life. In the end, bringing out our full glory will cost us even our lives. Some people, are, some of the saints were martyred just as Jesus did. Our true glory will not come out until it kills us. Glory consumes us. That's why we die when we are finished. Because there's no more glory in us. We finish. We have literally worked ourselves out of this life. Jesus' hour had come. He had to release the rest of his glory. That's not something for us to be fearful of. That's the road. After all, the purpose of life is to get rid of the glory that's inside of us. Living is all about manifesting his glory. God created us to expose his purpose in this world. That's what glory does. Paul wrote to the believers in the city of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 to 11. He wrote his intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. These verses describe the restoration of God's original purpose for man, that the church, that body of believers who are the called out ones, should manifest to the world the wisdom, nature, and glory of God, so that man can see and understand his eternal purpose. You can't hide the glory. You can't, you shouldn't hide the light. Where I live, the neighbors up on the hill, the hill is much higher than where I live. And when their light is on, it's not hidden, it's seen. You can see it. The glory that God has placed in each of us may be hidden, but it is never invisible. It may not be apparent at first, but when our glory comes out, everyone will see it. I can look up the hill and it could be dark and suddenly the light comes on because they turn the switch on. The glory comes out. There is no such thing as secret glory. 
because when we look at the king or the queen, kings and queen, they don't rule in secret. They don't hide themselves somewhere. Their glory is the authority they possess by virtue of their status as members of a royal family. And normally they exercise it in the open. Let me tell you something. Those who are in Christ and those who have that relationship and he crown us with that glory. Let me tell you, men will see the light. I've proven it. I remember one day I was going to the food store, driving fast, going to the food store, and I passed this house, and all of a sudden, notice where it say, no reverse. Reverse. Yeah, turn around and go back to that house you passed. All right, I did that, parked my car. He said, come out. I came out. There was a dog, and I was like, oh, no, I can't come up because it's a dog. And the dog made his bark, and I was afraid to come out. And the Holy Spirit said, you don't have to be afraid. So I stepped out as I standing there almost freezing, right? I've had encounters with dogs almost freezing. A lady stepped out and says, look to the door. And she just looked to the door and say, how can I help you? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit sent me here. And she didn't say anything because she didn't know me. And then as I stood there, she kept looking at me. She didn't say, well, come, no. And suddenly this man came from nowhere to the door, which was the man was in the house. He still had on his robe and he said, open the door, let her come in. And when I stepped in, he then said to me, he was in the room, but he saw through the window. And what he saw was a big light all over my head. A big light. Shining so bright. He says, and, and a voice said to him, let her in. Well, guess what? The, they, they were seeing the glory of God. They were seeing the light of God. They were seeing his presence, which was on me. Well, that was my first encounter with someone saying that. And then I did what I had to do. Then I realized why God had sent me there to minister to the person. And then God turned around and blessed them. But he had sent me there to minister the word of God to them. And to say to that man, the man of God, listen, I've called you over and over. I've called you in the full-time ministry. I've called you. And this is your last call. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Don't let, don't let God say this is your last call. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And so I was able to pour out and minister to him. But a year later, he didn't answer. He didn't fully answer. So a year later, the enemy took him. Don't let us open up the door to the enemy when God call you, please answer. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. I've gone in places and I'm way back on the line, way back. 
soon as I step on the line, for whatever reason, I am told, come, come in the front. I wonder, I said, God, how could this be? Well, let me tell you something. In the spiritual realm, he knows who you are, and the spirits and the people know who you are. And if the queen or king stood in that back line, there's no way they was going to leave them in the back line. They was like, like, make way, the king is coming. Make way, the queen is coming. And so God has a way of doing that to us. When we get in alignment with him, blessed be the name of the Lord. Kings and queens do not rule in secret. And they don't hide somewhere. Their glory is the authority they possess by virtue of their status as members of a royal family. And normally they exercise it in the open. I remember one time the Holy Spirit said, I've given you diplomatic immunity. I was like, what? He says, yes. And when you travel, you'll see it. And I tell you, when I travel, I've seen it all the time. He is so wonderful to me. That's why you hear me talking about, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want you all to get to this place in him so you could say, oh, yes, taste and see <laughs> that the Lord is good. Traditionally, kings and queens have worn a crown made of gold or, or precious gems that serves as a vivid visual symbol of their authority. So in the spiritual realm, the spirits know who you are. I've had that encounter, walking behind a lady. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't walk behind me. You need to walk in the front of you, of me, say, because you're general in the spiritual realm. So who would have told her that? It had to be the Holy Spirit who said, wait a minute, this here is authority. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you there are different alignment, different, different, um, how you call it? In a, in a war, there are soldiers, but then there are frontline soldiers. They are Green Berets, right? They could be out front there. And there are ranks. That's the word I want to say. There are ranks in the spiritual realm. And the enemy knows it. Do you remember when the spirits say, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? They know. God created human beings to be his royal representatives on the earth. What is man that you take thought of, that you're mindful of, and the son of man that you care for him? That's Psalm 8, verse 4 to 5. Yet you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you crown him with glory and majesty. Let me tell you something. God has been so faithful, to, so good to me. When my house was up for sale and the bank kept calling me and calling me. And finally, I went to the bank and I stepped when I stepped in the office, didn't know the person, I stepped in there, 
as soon as I stepped in, that was the same person. My, let me tell you something. God is so awesome. He will use someone to bless you, to help you. And then he will turn around and use you to bless them back because one day you will see them again. And when I stepped in that bank, my house was going up for sale. When I stepped in that, and the man looked at me, and he says, oh my gosh, say, say, anyhow, you don't know me, and I don't know you, say, but I see a big bright light over you. And what's your name? And I said, my name. And he said, oh my gosh, I see why the spirits say, put her file way under the bottom. Because if my file was way up on the top, I was going to be out of a house. And then God turned around, yeah. And then the man said to me, Miss, if you don't pay some money on this today, it's gone. I said, sir, the only thing I have is Jesus Christ. I don't have no, the only thing I have is faith. I don't have no cash in this realm, but I believe by faith. And he looked at me and said, Miss, he pushed his hand in his pocket and said, all I have is $30. He pulled that out. He said, I am going to put this on your account. The day won't let it go. Oh my gosh. He did that for me. But what he saw, the spirit was talking to him. He saw the light all over me. And he did as the spirit of God instructed him, not knowing that years later, I would encounter that same person. Okay. And God would be a blessing to that same person. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. And now forget that. And so it's a law of reciprocity. Let our light shine. Don't let them see darkness over you. Let them see the light. You have made him a little lower than the angels. And you crown him with glory and majesty. The word crown means to bestow him. When God created us, he didn't give us a physical crown to wear, but bestowed on us his glory and majesty. This means that God gave us the right and authority to possess his full weight, his full attributes, and his full nature. He does not want us to exercise them in secret. No. If we could just understand the authority God has given us, what a difference it would make for us tomorrow. No matter where we were, whether in our car or on the bus, on the job or shopping, we would find ourselves suddenly possessed of a whole new attitude, confidence, joy, and sense of purpose, all because we had finally realized the great treasure from God that fills the earth suits we walk around in. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are the light of the world. As 
obvious as a city on top of a hill. God did not put the light in us in order for us to hide it away. Have you ever watched the, the, the Olympians, the torchbearers? When you look, you see a long succession of specially chosen people. They carry the symbolic flame. Hundreds of miles before finally lighting the great fire at the Olympic Stadium. These flame bearers hold the torch high as they run proudly, openly, and unashamed, so it is clearly seen by everyone watching. That's the way God wants us to be with our glory. He is saying, I sent you to earth, and I want the whole world to see what you are carrying. God doesn't want any secret successes. He wants a public display of what he put inside of us. He wants the whole world to see what we really made of. The glory of God cannot be revealed in secret. If we are determined to bring out our glory, we won't be able to hide it. But what are you going to do with your glory? God likes to make a spectacle, put us on display of obedient people because he knows that they desire his favor above the favor of men. People who obey God will always be criticized by the world because they keep putting themselves on public display, exposing the glory of God. If you don't want to be criticized, then don't try to do anything with your life. Just stay on the dock of the, of, of the bay, as the song said, sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. Wasting time. So God will always, when people obey God, the people who will obey God, they will always be criticized by the world because they keep putting themselves on public display, display exposing the glory of God. If you don't want to be criticized, then don't try to do anything with your life. The moment you decide to become who you really are, people will begin to talk about you. They will criticize you. They will slander you and they will gossip about you. Why? Because they can see your glory. Most of the world doesn't want to see the glory of God because its brilliance exposes their sinfulness. Sin loves the darkness. You can't criticize what you can't see. If no one is talking about you, maybe it is because you're not doing anything. Many times I'm saying, Lord, why do they keep talking about me and I'm why? Well, that's a good thing they're talking about me because I'm doing what God has called me to do. Some folks say, don't rock the boat. You've heard that, don't rock the boat. That's why they're never going anywhere. Because you go in a boat, the boat is going to rock. 
I don't care how calm the sea is, it will start to rock because you're sitting it. Nowhere. People don't want you to succeed. They want you to be a failure. That's what they want. They want you to be a failure just like they are. But if you want to do something with your life, you've got to break out of the norm. I told you I broke, I ran out the box. I, I, I broke that box and I came out. Stop listening to pessimists and losers and rise above the spirit of mediocrity. I want to say that again. Stop listening to pessimists and losers and rise above the spirit of mediocrity. Don't sit back and hide your glory. Lay hold of your dreams. Set your goals high. Determine that you're going to move forward into everything God wants you to be. Don't let anyone hold you back. Enroll in night classes or day classes. Work hard and study hard to earn that promotion. When you get on the job, don't moment complain. Learn everything. Humble yourself. Learn everything. Sometimes there's simple there's simple things and you be like, no, 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 I don't want to do that because I'm qualified. You better learn it. You could open, you could you could sell things online. You 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 could bake. You could, if you love doing hair, you can do that. You you could paint pictures if you're a painter. If you're a writer, you could write you could write books and you could sell it. Don't let anyone tell you what you cannot do. And some parents speak negative words over children, like you'll amount to nothing. But thank God, God brings someone else in that child's path and say to them, listen, you're gonna go far in life. God loves you. And they would speak positive words over them. In my case, I know for whatever reason, the enemy was using my mother. God rest her soul. She's passed on. But the enemy would have her to say, you, you'll amount to nothing. And then there's another woman who say, you, you're going to be great. You are going to go all over the world. You, you're very smart and intelligent. And she would always speak those things to me. <laughs> so... God will put someone in your path when someone's words, as they're being used by the enemy, try to beat you down. God will come with healing words to pour on that wound. And it's amazing the power of words. You are full of potential and possibilities that no one knows about. Don't deprive the world of your glory because the graveyards are full of people and they went to the grave with it. They never poured it out. Whenever we attempt to show God's glory, it will frighten us. God's glory will always frighten us. 
If it doesn't, something is wrong. Bringing out the glory in us is a God-sized assignment. I tell you, when I came back off that mission and he told me to build the kitchen, I was like, how could I build the kitchen? I'm in full-time ministry. Where's the money coming from? I said, what am I to do? Go and beg and ask someone, what am I to do? Uh, am I to sell some tickets saying I have to build a kitchen because God says so? He said, no, I've never asked you to beg anybody. Have not I always provide, provided for you? And I watched God build, build it. Didn't ask for a penny. But God, that was his assignment. That was a God-sized assignment. Whenever we attempt to show God's glory, it will frighten us. God's glory will always frighten us. If it doesn't, something is wrong. Bringing out the glory in us is a God-sized assignment. It is much too big for us to do on our own. And so Moses was doing it on his own and then he discovered, no, 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 I need help. Because a vision is not one person. There are other people who are involved with the assignment. And a God-sized assignment, it is much too big for us to do on our own. That's why it frightens us. We, we may not believe we can possibly do what we were born to do, but that's exactly why we were born to do it. God wants to expose our glory by bringing us into everything he wants us to be and glorify himself in the process. Let your light shine so that people will see your works, your glory, and glorify the Father. I want to say it, let your light and there's a scripture to say, don't let the light that's in you be darkness. Let your light shine so that people will see your works, your glory, and glorify the Father. Jesus' light shone most brightly from the cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the glory and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by grace i received my sight and now i am happy all the day at the cross his light shone most brightly from the cross At the cross, 2,000 years ago, millions of people have looked at the cross, at the glory of Jesus on the cross, and have glorified God the Father. During his sermon on the day of Pentecost, Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter was saying to them, 
when you killed him, but Jesus said, no one killed me. I lay down my life. God exposed Jesus. Like a rose whose fragrance becomes even stronger when it, its petals are crushed. You ever crush the petals of a rose and you smell the fragrance. Jesus' glory came out when they crushed him. What are you going to leave behind for the generations to come? Who's going to see your glory after you're gone? Will the lingering fragrance of your glory sweeten the earth? Will it? Will it? Will it sweeten the earth? Who's going to see it after you've gone? There's no such thing as secret glory. Now, the fragrance of a rose, but the rose tree has thorns. So in the pain, in the crushing, we have the pain. But guess what? The good are better made by ill, as odors crushed are sweeter still. Does a rose smell its own fragrance? No, we smell it. Does an orange taste its own juice? No. I ate that papaw and that papaw didn't taste how sweet it was. I did. And while I was eating it, I said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. They are, mere, they, they are merely exposing their glory. The glory of a rose is its fragrance. The glory of an orange is the juice. There comes glory out of someone else's benefit. However, a rose gives off a sweet fragrance, not for its own pleasure, but for the pleasure of others. An orange produces refreshing juice, not for its own enjoyment, but for the enjoyment of others. What the rose and the orange have in common is that to fully expose their glory, they must be crushed. A rose smells wonderful on the bush when you put your nose against it or not, not too close or even closer. By crushing the bloom releases the full essence of it. releases the full essence of its perfume. Like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all. Like a rose crushed, trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all an orange smells sweet on the tree but the only way to extract its juice is to crush it it is only as they are consumed that the rose and the orange fully manifest their glory the fragrance is not for the rose and the juice the fragrance is not for the rose and the juice is not for the orange. The fragrance is not for the rose. 
and the fragrance is not for the orange. Their glory exists for others, for me to drink, for you to smell, for you to smell, for you to drink. The same is true with us. Our glory exists not for our own benefit, but for others. Just as we would crush a rose to release its fragrance or an orange to extract its juice, God crushes us to squeeze out our glory. We may be uncomfortable with the pressure he applies to us, but God is delighted with the perfume that results. The Bible says in, in, in Isaiah 53, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was allowing his only begotten son to be bruised, to be crushed, so the glory can come out of him. So, so God is delight, delighted with the perfume that results. God created us to release his glory in the world and his purpose will not be completed until the whole earth is filled with its fragrance. So crushing will release the glory out of us. Crushing really is the key to releasing the glory of God. If you feel the weight of life crushing you down, don't despair. God will not let it destroy you. Instead, he will cause it to reveal who you are. Pressure brings out what is hidden underneath. Sometimes that means stripping away the old layers of dirt and debris to get down to the original. Someone came here yesterday and, and looked at my drive and said, oh, I know I'm two young men and um, they could use a machine and they would clean all that dirt and then you will see the beauty of it which is true. But then if, 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 that, if that driver had life, they would feel the pain. So sometimes that means stripping away the old layers of dirt and debris to get down to the original. It's like taking an antique wooden chair that has many coats of paint on it and carefully sanding and stripping those layers away until the glory of the original wood grain is revealed. But you know, sometimes we see people on the sidewalk and they look like they're not even wood stripping, but that's us. He strips us to get the glory out of us. Sometimes you might see an old piece of furniture thrown on the side of the road and you pass it by. But someone who can see beyond that they will pick it up, strip it away, make it over, put it in the showcase, and there you see the glory and everyone wants to buy it. But if they saw it in the original state, when it was all tattered and torn and thrown on the dump, they didn't want it. But now you've made it over. Make me whole. Make me whole. Please restore my soul and make me whole. Here's my heart. Here's my 
my soul. Please restore my soul and make me whole. At first, the process looks destructive as you scrape away at the surface. Eventually, however, the old paint yields to the pressure and the chair appears as it did when it was first made. People may then appreciate it in its original glory. God's purpose is for the world to see us restored to our original glory, the way he created us. To accomplish that, he has to squeeze and scrape and press and crush us, pressure on every side, Paul says. There is no other way. In one way or another, he has to break our jars of clay in order for his fragrant glory to come out. He wants to do with us what the woman in Bethany did when she broke open her alabaster box of very expensive perfume and poured the ointment on Jesus' head. As Matthew chapter 14 verse 3. The fragrance permeated the room. While religious minded people criticized her for her waste, Jesus commended her for her love. God wants to break open our jars so the sweet aroma of his glory can pour out and permeate our environment. Our problem is that so many of us are all bottled up and sealed tight in jobs or circumstances or attributes that restrict us. God can't smell our glory, so he applies a little pressure and breaks the seal. We want to cry out, God, you're killing me. He replies, no, I just want to release your scent to the world. I want them to see what's inside you. I want them to see the glory I put there. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, he says, for I am ready to be poured. I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing under the Jewish sacrificial system, a drink offering was poured on a sacrificial, on a sacrifice before the sacrifice was offered up to God. Paul was pressed and squeezed. He was bruised. He was broken and crushed. So was Jesus. Paul was pressed and squeezed, bruised, broken and crushed, but he had no regrets. 
all his travail and hardship had served to expose the glory inside. Paul's glory was to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to every corner of the Roman Empire. He had completed that assignment and was ready to depart. Paul would die empty because his work was finished. He would not take his glory to the grave. Paul was ready. He was ready. Maybe you're going through troubles in your life right now. Perhaps you're thinking, I've had more problems since I became a believer than I did before. And sometimes it's true. What's really happening is that God is starting to expose you. He's rubbing away the outer layers of the world to uncover the real you. The prodigal son went out there into the world and when he came to himself, the real him, God is crushing your life in order to break the jar that, con that conceals his glory. His fragrance is seeping through the cracks and into the environment around you. Some will like the smell, many will not. Those who do will glorify God for what they see him doing in you. Those who don't will attack you. I want to say that again. His fragrance is seeping through the cracks and into the environment around you. Some will like to smell, many will not. Those who do will glorify God for what they see him doing in you. Those who don't will attack you. Remember that. For them, the smell of glory is the stench of death. Consider what Paul wrote in to the church in, in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I'll find that. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the smell of death. To the other, the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Who is equal to such a task? Have you ever thought of yourself as the aroma of Christ or the fragrance of life? Do you know that he would allow you to smell his sweet aroma? I've encountered that. It's indescribable. The aroma of Christ or the fragrance of life. Even if you've had little exposure in the past, if you want to tap into your hidden glory, God will start revealing himself through you. He wants you to be part of his plan to fill the earth with his glory. The more he exposes you, the more people around you will begin to say, wow, you almost smell like heaven. It smells like heaven around you. I can smell a sweet aroma. 
I can see the glory. Do you smell that fragrance? The presence of God has been there. Seeing yourself as the aroma of Christ and the fragrance of life should change the way you approach your circumstances. That's why you can thank God for what you've been going through this past week or this past month. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't be mad or upset with God anymore over all the difficulties you faced last year. Instead, thank Him. Thank God for the glory He is bringing out of you. Thank Him for the privilege of exposing His glory. Thank Him for the revelation He has given you that allows you to understand your circumstances from His perspective. Thank Him for the confidence and assurance He has given you that you can handle everything that you're going through. Thank him for the promise that he will not place on you more than you can bear. Gold subjected to great pressure. Gold subjected to great pressure turns to diamond. When it's put in the fire, God's pressure will not destroy you. It will glorify you. It will purify you. Gold is refined by fire as all its impurities are burned away. The last impurity to be removed is silver. A pure gold is your goal. A pure gold is your goal. Then even silver is undesirable. God's refining furnace will not burn you up. It will only burn away the impurities of the world that are hiding your glory. When we surrender ourselves to God's refining process, He will crush whatever He needs to crush, burn away whatever He needs to burn away, and afflict whatever He needs to afflict in order to get rid of whatever is blocking our glory. God will do whatever he needs to do to get his glory out of us. This whole issue of crushing reveals three secrets for manifesting, man, manifesting the glory of God. You know, I always talk about the whole earth is groaning and travailing even now for the manifestation of the sons of God. And very soon, we are going to see the power of God. I say it, I say it, and I see it. Come on, this earth and very, very soon, this virus is going to go away because God has a set time to remove. God had a set time to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. There is a set time. It's going to be soon. Don't look at it. Just praise God in it. The glory of God is manifested when demands are made on our potential. The glory of God is revealed when we work out our potential. The glory of God is exposed through the challenges, through the challenges of life. These three principles ought to encourage us for the rest of our lives. If we know and understand them, we should never have another bad day. This is because they teach us to see our lives and our circumstances from God's perspective. God does 
everything with a view to his purpose and glory. No matter how bad our day may seem, it is a good day for the glory. God's nature is manifested when demands are made on our lives. That's why we don't grow very much during good times. No demands are being made on our hidden glory. Demands on our potential focus our attention and challenge us to be at our best. Our creator designed us to be workers. He said, I must work while it is yet day, the night cometh when no man can work. Work thrives best in an atmosphere of challenge. Life demands challenge our potential and as we work out that potential our hidden glory is exposed challenge brings out god's glory pressure brings forth his purpose even though we may not like to think about it affliction is part of god's glorification program for us ask shadrach meshach and abednego ask daniel it is one of the ways he refines us and brings out his glory. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10 to 11 says, See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake, for my own sake, for my own sake. For my own sake, I do this. How can I let myself be defamed? I will not yield my glory to another. This is one of those verses we sometimes wish was not in the Bible. God tests us in the furnace of affliction. Why? Is it because he is cruel and heartless? No. Is it because he is he's, he's just, just heartless? No, these are characteristics of the false God that Israel neighbors worshiped. God tests us to refine us, to purify us as gold. He tests us for his own sake, that is for his reputation. God puts us through the fire in order to expose his glory. Any manufacturer tests his products thoroughly before putting them on the market. Design, function, and performance are rigorously examined before the company's name goes on the product because the manufacturer's reputation is at stake. If the product fails to perform as advertised, the company's reputation and credibility will suffer. That's why each product comes with a warranty. The manufacturer would say, we want you to be satisfied. If our product fails to perform according to its design or fails to meet your expectations, send it back to us. You would see that on the label. We take responsibility for our products. They, the manufacturer. God is the same way. He tests us to prove us and purify us and refine us and make sure we will perform according to his design. 
that we will display his glory. So his furnace of affliction may be uncomfortable at the time, but we will come out better for it in the end. We will realize our full potential and God will be glorified. As believers, we are God's children and he is very jealous for us and has our very best interests at heart. Like any loving parent, our father disciplines us in order to bring us to maturity. David says, says in Psalm 34, 19, David, the psalmist king of Israel wrote, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Have you ever heard it said of someone who weathered a dif difficult situation that he came through it smelling like a rose? That's what God wants for us. Life will crush, it will press, and it will afflict us. But God has his hand on us and he will see to it that we come through the fire with our clothes smelling not of smoke, but of the fragrance of glory. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord. We yield to your crushing because you've given us grace. Father, you loved us so much that you were willing to die in our stead, that a soul so unworthy might live. Help us, Lord, to understand, get a revelation of what you're doing in our lives. Help us to be grateful, to be thankful in all things to give you thanks. And Father, we thank you for the teacher, the Holy Spirit, who teaches us all things and will bring it to our remembrance. And Lord, I ask you to cover your people, all of us today, with your love, your grace, and your mercy, and may the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and mind through Jesus. And help us to understand you're not trying to, you're just trying to get the glory out of us. That you said you have refined us, though not as silver, you've tested us in a furnace of affliction for your own sake for your own sake you do this and we thank you that you love us and even as Isaiah 53 it says in there yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him we are bruising and squeezing and pressing the glory out of him Thank you, Father, for pressing and bruising us so the glory could pour out of us to others, so the world can see. Help us, Lord, to continue to let our light shine in this dark world. In the name of Jesus, we glorify you, we honor you, and we give you thanks, and we lift you up today. Be glorified. Be glorified, be glorified in the Father, be glorified in the Son, 
be glorified in the spirit jesus jesus be thou glorified be glorified be glorified be Be glorified, be glorified in the Father, be glorified in the Son, be glorified in the Spirit, Jesus, Jesus, be thou glorified. Refined. So, Father, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, we give you thanks, and we lift you up. And may the peace of God that pass on all understanding, God, your heart and mind. Today, I love you. This is Apostle Shirley Evans saying, have a blessed day, and make sure you hold on to his joy. Make sure you hold on to his love. Make sure you hold on to that peace. I love you. God bless you. Have a blessed day.